You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Hey there, I'm Christine Pittman, and this is Time Management Insider, a show where we share way too much information about meal planning and time management for inside the home. So we are in the middle of our back to school series. What I'm thinking is that you can be driving somewhere, doing the laundry, going for a walk while listening to this. And these back to school ideas can be slowly trickling into your brain and get things percolating back there to help make the start of the school year a little bit smoother for you. So check out the last couple of episodes. We did episode 42 about meal prep parties. 43 was about getting around the table with our family and also a little bit about plant-based eating. And now today, I am talking with Donna Shank from HeyDonna.com. Her website is all about helping busy moms manage life. And what we're talking about today is monthly meal planning. So that is doing one meal plan for the whole month at one time. And that is how Donna does things. And I've never really thought about that before. So we're going to find out why she does it that way, how she does it that way, and all the perks and the strategies for that. So definitely stay tuned for that. And then at the end of the show, I have a five-day meal plan for you that has some really quick and easy, delicious meals that you can whip up at the beginning of the school year to make those first few weeks super easy. So stay tuned for all of that. I believe it, that I will achieve it, but how will I know if I never try? Talking with Donna about monthly meal planning, which got me thinking about recipes that I tend to make on a monthly basis, those things that are regularly in my repertoire. And I wanted to tell you about one that I don't think I've ever talked about on this show before. So this is for a no-boil pasta bake. Now, you've probably heard me talk a lot about the one-pot pasta formula. That's a different recipe. That one is on the cookful. And that one, you learn this formula and then you can make this pasta dish out of like whatever ingredients you have. And it's super versatile. And what I love about it is I've made it so many times that I have it memorized so I can just like jump in and get going without thinking It's all one pot, so I'm not watching a whole bunch of different things at once. And it's just one pot, so it only dirties one pot. So in the end, you don't have a lot of cleaning to do. What I don't like about the one pot pasta formula is that you do have to stir it the whole time. Like you're pretty much in the kitchen for mm, 20 to 25 minutes stirring this pot the entire time. You don't really want to leave it. It can burn and stick on the bottom So it is wonderful for getting a quick meal done with no cleanup, using up ingredients from your pantry. Wonderful for that. Not wonderful for a night when you have a lot of stuff going on in the house. Like I think about like nights when my kids are studying for tests or we have a big project due and we're building some kind of crazy contraption 
And I basically want to be able to get home and get dinner in the oven and have that sort of cooking on its own while I'm doing things. The one pot pasta formula is not for that. What is for that is this delicious no boil pasta bake. I tell you, it's amazing. So what you're basically doing is you're putting into a casserole dish. I use a two and a half to three quart kind of shallow casserole dish. You could think of like a lasagna pan. That kind of thing will work. Probably a 13 by nine cake pan also would work. Maybe something a little bit deeper than that. But what you do is you grease that pan and then you put pasta and like fully cooked chicken sausage or you could do chickpeas if you want to keep this vegetarian. And then so that's kind of sliced up sausage or chickpeas and then canned diced tomatoes and some mozzarella cheese, garlic powder, salt, and pepper. That goes into the casserole dish and you give it a good stir. So you're putting uncooked, dried pasta shells in there with those ingredients. And then you take milk. Whole milk is the best thing to use here because it's the least likely to curdle. You pour milk over the whole top of it, making sure that all the pasta is submerged in that milk. And then you cover it up with aluminum foil, two layers. What you're trying to do here is really seal it in tight so that that air gets, the moist air gets trapped in there, which is going to help you cook the pasta. And then it goes in the oven for 50 minutes. So you just don't do anything. You basically pour all those ingredients into the pan, cover it up and put it in the oven. And it goes in there for 50 minutes. Then you pull it out. Then you sprinkle some cheese on top, put it back in uncovered just until it's melted. Then crucially, you take it out and you let it sit uncovered for 15 minutes. That resting time outside of the oven uncovered kind of evaporates out a little bit of the liquid and it it stops the like sizzling bubbling thing, which is what's making all the liquidy stuff ooze everywhere. And it kind of tightens everything up a little bit so that after that 15 minutes of resting is over, you can cut right into there, like scoop it up. And it's a delicious baked pasta. The noodles aren't like stodgy or anything like that, even though they've been cooking in the sauce. It's delicious. It's brilliant. It's creamy and tomatoey and it's meaty and satisfying So it does take time. Like I said, it's in the oven for, oh, about an hour in the end and then has that 15 minute of rest time. But it seriously takes five minutes of your time. So if you're getting home with the kids and things are crazy, you're pulling in at 5.30 and you want to eat at 6.30, 6.45, you get this in the oven and then you just have all that time to do the other things that you need to do with your evening and then you can sit down and eat. So that no boil pasta bake, it's one of my favorites. I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes, and it'll also be part of the meal plan at the end of this episode. You're listening to Christine talk about meal planning and time management, but do you know who she is? She's been helping households with her recipes and time management ideas for over a decade on cookthestory.com and The Cookful. With over 2 million visitors per month on her websites and over 40 outstanding cookbooks, now she's talking to you directly on this podcast and accompanying newsletter. Go to cookthestory.com slash newsletter and get her meal plans, recipes, and all her amazing ideas to help you and your family in the kitchen. Now back to the show. So there's something that I've noticed that's happened to me from having had my food blog for so long. I started Cook the Story in, oh gosh, 2010, and then the Cookful started in 2015. And, you know, we get 
well, over 2 million people a month coming to the websites and just lots of emails and interaction and feedback. And what I've noticed over that time about myself is that I not only have figured out like strategies that work for me, like any parent does, you're figuring out what works for your family, but I also hear back from people about which of those things work for them or which things don't work for them. And it's given me the opportunity to really kind of hone in on the kinds of recipes and techniques that work for people and what doesn't. So like beyond my own family, what works out there in the real world for a variety of people. And for that reason, I am super delighted to be talking with Donna Shank from HeyDonna.com today. Donna has also been blogging for over 10 years, and her blog specializes specifically in helping busy moms manage their life. And so I just know that she has this like over 10 years of experience of figuring things out for her own family and then posting about them and getting feedback and hearing from people and finding out what really works out there, which tips really resonate with people, which things don't. And so I know we're going to get some really great insight into streamlining our lives from Donna. good how are you i am great so i want to start by asking who is in your household and who does most of the cooking well i am married so my husband and i are take care of everything in the house and i have two kids a son who is 12 a daughter who's 14 and a little puppy a miniature cockapoo who is two so (laughs) i take care of all of the food i do all of the cooking except for the grilling that's how it works great and do you enjoy cooking I do. You know, I go through phases, I think, like everyone, where I really am inspired. And then I go through phases where we're having cereal for dinner once in a while. I mean, that happens. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And and realizing that we're not always, always going to love it or always have the energy for it and, and allowing the cereal dinners that can really be a saving grace for us. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you just need to grab mac and cheese or cereal and call it a night. Yeah, for sure. So I really wanted to talk to you when I found out that you do something very differently from how I do it when it comes to meal planning. And that is that you tend to plan for the whole month at once. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Every single month I sit down and I plan out the whole month menu. Basically, I call it my monthly menu. I sit down, I look at my calendar, and I plan out meals for the whole entire month. And I've been doing it for, I think I'm on like maybe my third year of doing this. And there are definitely seasons where I don't do it, but it's almost every single month. It's become a very good routine for me. It's taken a lot of a lot of the pressure off of me and a lot of the worry and you know, consistently going back and trying to figure out what's for dinner. I don't have to do that anymore. So Yeah, I really love it. And why do you do it for the whole month instead of like for a week or for just the few days ahead? Well, I did weekly meal planning for a long time and I often did like a meal of the day. So it'd be like sandwiches on Monday or pasta Tuesdays, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of people do things like that. And I found that there would be some weeks I would only have like seven days worth of food in the fridge for seven meals. Mm-hmm. And I'd get to Wednesday and nothing sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> or honestly, I just didn't have the time to make those meals. So I didn't really have a good backup plan. I didn't have a few other meals ready 
for me to make. So with monthly meal planning, it's kind of solved that issue. But mostly, I I think I switched just to have a plan, to have a plan further out in advance. And I'm not worrying as much. It takes some of the stress and anxiety out of it. Knowing what's coming is really important to me. And it allows me to just do the shop. It, it just saves me a ton of time doing it monthly. Now, do you do your shopping monthly too? Or is that <laughs> happening more on a weekly basis? So I would say on a good month when I'm really like in the groove, I will do one month shop for all of the non-perishables. So I try to get all my canned goods, all of the pastas, rice, you know, legumes, beans, anything that can just last for the whole month. I will do that all at once. And again, I do that. So I have it on hand. And then the other thing in our house is we tend to keep chicken, ground beef and ground pork in the freezer. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep a stock of those things because that's the base of a lot of our meals. But other than that, if there was any fresh vegetables, dairy, or meat, I will get those weekly or bi-weekly. It really depends on what's on the mini plan, how many ingredients I need for them. But every single, I mean, every week I'm buying vegetables. Those clearly aren't going to last longer than a week. So I do go to the store at least once a week mm-hmm. and get the fresh things. I'm so fascinated by this. So <laughs> I'm I'm just wrapping my head around it. Do you like... I'm picturing like if I was about to start doing this, and maybe you should tell me not to do it this way, but if I was about to start doing this, I would need like multiple grocery lists going. Like I would be making the meal plan for the month and from there adding to the like monthly shop list and adding to like a three week from now like fresh stuff list and have all these lists going, which as Uh as a planning person and like systems person, this gets me really excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I, I'm a guilty, I'm very guilty of loving planning and writing and replanning and planning again. So maybe it's a good fit for me and not for everyone, but I do have, like, I do use a printable that I created to help me plan out what produce, what meats and what dairy I need to buy each week. Other than that, everything else I need for the week does go on like my one month shopping list. And then I, as I put the meals into the calendar, Mm -hmm. because basically I'll plan the whole week, I'll plan a list of meals and then I'll sit down weekly or bi-weekly and put those meals onto certain days. So what I'm doing is monthly creating a list of meals for the whole month, Mm -hmm. but then putting them on the calendar because our calendar, you know, soccer games or just last minute meals out, things change. And so I, I try to be flexible and try to create a weekly plan from my, from my monthly plan that that's easy. So I do have two lists. I have the main kind of non-perishable list. And again, I have a lot of those things on hand. I think during the last year of like staying home, I really stocked up and kept a lot more in my basement storage area. Mm-hmm. So I can pull from that. But yes, I do create a list that's just produce, meats, and dairy every week. And that tends to be, it's really nice. You go into the vegetable section, you go into the meat section, you go into the dairy section, and then you leave. Like usually that's my, I walk around the outside of the store and that's pretty much it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you get all the big stuff out of the way and then you just have to jump in for the few extra things that you need here and yeah. there. That, that's really great. Now you mentioned a printable. Now I know you are mm-hmm. a blogger. You've been blogging since 2007. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. I've been around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're one of the longest running uh, like food meal planning type bloggers that I've talked to, I think. So congratulations. That's super exciting. Thanks. Thanks. So, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so your site is heydonna.com. Yeah, that's right. And are some of these the printables, you have different tools on your site available for people, right? I do. Yeah, I love making printables. Again, I love productivity and planning and organizing. So 
I have a lot of different printables that will help basically busy moms. Busy moms tend to be my focus. So helping them with meal planning, with productivity, also just helping your kids to be independent. That's kind of become a passion of mine because my kids are older and they're awesome. I love them. They're really great kids who do a lot on their own and are really empowered to do things for themselves. So I do some principles for that too. Um, my meal planning, my monthly meal planning, actually a few years ago created a workbook because people were asking me about it all the time. And I thought instead of offering like a mess of different posts about it, I just put it all together in one workbook. So that is something that I offer on my site that I sell. And then there's also a few meal planning principles you can get for free on the site as well. So there's all kinds of things on there. And they, I, I've been on the site. It's really great. It's all pretty easy to find. And you have like a meal planning section linked to at the top yeah. where everything yeah. is found from there. Yeah, right? You can see my monthly meal plans there too. And you'll see it's just a list in my planner. Sometimes I use my own principles. Sometimes I just write it in a planner. If I'm out and about, I just write it on a piece. You know, I just write it on, I write a list of the meals and I, yeah, sorry. Oh, and then you, you share <laughs> yeah. your actual meal plan with us. That's really cool. So yeah, on the site, I share my monthly meal plans. You can see the whole list for a whole month of all the meals that we're making. Then a lot of people ask, well, what about breakfast and lunch? And mm. those, I, I talk about that in this workbook because that tends to be an area where people are like, wow, that's a lot of food to plan. <laughs> but what people don't know is my breakfast and lunch are pretty much on rotation. Like I'm not coming up with a new creative lunch idea for my teenagers. They're, mm-hmm. they're good. They're, they pretty much deal with that on their own. When my kids were younger, I kept it really simple. And so those are the tips I kind of share in the workbook. And that's what I recommend. If you're going to be a monthly meal planner, we'll keep your breakfast and lunch very simple and, and use your, you know, use your leftovers for lunches if you can, or just keep it simple. I, you know what? I love that you said that. I, you know, no, no disrespect to people who make elaborate lunches for <laughs> their kids. So, but sometimes I see these things on Instagram and, and Pinterest, and it makes me feel a little nauseous <laughs> because yeah. I don't do that. But more importantly, like my priority for my kids and mine are older too, they're nine and 13. I don't know what they're throwing out at school, for instance, right? So if I mm-hmm. send them with some fancy, interesting lunch thing, for all I know, it's going in the garbage or parts mm-hmm. of it are. Whereas if I send them with like stuff that I know for sure that they like, even if it's not creative and even if it's not like even well balanced, I, I was just telling somebody that my daughter was going, she's, we were in summer camp, day camps, and she went to a horseback riding camp. And I was just kind of like floundering. And I was like, what, what do you want for lunch? And we had some smoked salmon leftover from like a little thing that we'd done a few days before. And she's like, can I have smoked salmon? I'm like, uh, yeah, with what? And she said, guacamole, chips. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so she took Wait. a little container of guacamole, smoked mm-hmm. salmon, tortilla chips, and then a little container of olives. And that was That's her lunch. Great. And she was delighted. And it's all <laughs> stuff that she likes. And I'm like, you know, I mean, maybe actually that does sound pretty creative, but it wasn't like a intentional it's really just like what they like what they will eat and that's Mm -hmm. more important than anything else you know yeah especially when they're going to school the goal is for them to eat food so they can focus because the second half of the day at school the children just turn into like they're sleeping you know it's very hard to keep them focused so you just want to make sure whatever they have in their lunchbox is food they'll actually eat because if they don't they're going to get tired and cranky and and not be able to pay attention so yeah I don't I used to do little bento box lunches but I did it with the foods that they like. Like I would do it for fun when I, when I, when the kids were little and I had mm-hmm. all this time. Now I don't have that time. Yeah. And honestly, we're the same. My daughter will say, I want a salad today. And I'm like, okay. 
okay, sure. And she'll <laughs> eat the salad. She loves, you know, she will, she'll eat it because she made it too. I think that's the other thing trick oh. with kids is if they make it or if they choose it, they'll eat it. Yeah. So that's another way to kind of keep it simple. I have, I have so many things I want to ask you about next. So I'm going to, I want to start with here. So the monthly meal planning is part of this like batching or bulk doing thing, which is part Mm -hmm. of your philosophy. Do you maybe want to tell me a little bit more about that in general and other places that you use that philosophy? Yeah, I am a productivity nerd. My mother worked for Franklin Covey when I was growing up. I think it was called, I think it's still called, I can't remember if the name changed, but I think it's still called Franklin Covey. They make day planners. I would carry a day planner around. I would plan my school life in junior high. Like it was ridiculous. So now I'm an adult and I have all this time on my hands. I started using time blocking, the time blocking method to kind of schedule my days. I used to be, well, I'm a marketing consultant. I just left my marketing director's position to focus on the blog full time. So while I was working, I was basically balancing home, the blog, and my job. Yeah. And because of COVID, because of our last year, I had to work from home with my kids doing school in the next room over. So time blocking became my lifeline, knowing what time of day I'm going to have focus time to work on writing, what time of day I can sit with my kids at lunch and maybe quickly type up an email. Like I had to sneak in work time in my calendar. So time blocking really helps. And the idea behind time blocking is basically looking at all the hours in your day and planning how you're going to use them. It's similar to budgeting. You know, you t- tell your money where, where to go, you know, tell, you know, tell yourself how you're going to spend your money. You're going to tell yourself with this, mm-hmm. how are you going to spend your time? So for me, I know early mornings are really good for me. So lately the six to 10 o'clock, cause my kids sleep till 10 in the summer, mm. but six to 10, that <laughs> is my my blogging time. I do all my writing in the morning. Anything that I need peace and quiet for, I do it first thing in the morning. Someone else might be a night owl. They might be doing their work from like nine to 11 at night. Mm -hmm. It gives me structure. So I remember to put in the important things. Like when I do need to actually clean my house, when I do my monthly grocery shopping or my weekly grocery shopping, it, it, it seems simple. It seems almost like, Oh, everyone does that. But I think I think what makes it different is you can do time blocking so many different ways. So for example, during my work time, I have time blocks for graphic work. I have time blocks for emails, time blocks for SEO work, time blocks for photography, because instead of doing photography every day, which is just, it sounds nice. Oh, I can just do one photo, one important photo today, one important photo tomorrow. The time you spend switching between tasks eats up hours in your day. Mm -hmm. So if you can sit down and say, okay, I'm going to take 10 pictures that I really need to take today, or we're talking about meal planning, like I'm going to cut up all the vegetables for my, my weekly meal meals. I'm going to do it all right now. Instead of cutting them up every single night, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do them all now and put them in the fridge. It really helps you to number one, focus and not get distracted. Mm -hmm. And you're not switching that time, that task switching. It takes your brain time to switch tasks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to get supplies out to switch tasks. It, Mm -hmm. It just saves you time. And honestly, once it's done, it's done. You don't have to think about it for a few more days, you know, it's a great way to kind of just get things done in a small chunk. Yeah. And I think there, I, I, I hear, I don't do anything like this and I wish that I did, but I'm thinking about, I do do some bulk stuff with my photography, with some cooking things, just not in the time blocking way. But I think about things like, 
if you're chopping all your vegetables at once. That's one cutting board and one knife, which yeah, is yep. like one less thing in the dishwasher, which adds up to, you know, one less loading and unloading of the dishwasher on some level when you like stretch this out over a week. Or like with the photography, the food photography, you have to set up your area, but you also like I have to I oh my, download yeah. the pictures from the camera, plug my camera into my computer, mm-hmm. wait for that to connect, get them off of there. I'm sure there's an easier way to do it, but that is what I do. <laughs> so if I'm doing it for like one picture or three pictures that's a lot of time that I'm sitting there waiting for these things to happen whereas if there's you know 20 pictures that I'm doing at once in that way it's 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 you're that transition time not just in terms of what you were saying with the like mental focus and shifting gears but also just in the like practicalities of the tools and the things that we need you save time by having to interact with those less yeah. And for some people, you know, you might take photography, for an example, just because we understand that, like, you, you might take that and actually divide it into like, I would probably divide that into two tasks. Taking the photos would be task one, editing the photos would be text task two, because those are two different contexts. Like, mm. so you probably know the book getting things done by David Allen, he talks about context. So context would be at the computer on the phone, running errands. So for like photography, it would be, okay, the camera, you're going to do all your camera work, you know, mm-hmm. on in one chunk of time, but then like take a break, put all that away and then sit down at the computer and do all your editing. Because it's, again, it's two different tasks that your brain has to switch between, mm-hmm. but you're right. Like once you, once you have all the pictures done, you can then move on to the next step for all of them instead of going back and forth and back and forth. It's just a lot easier. I find it's a lot easier and everyone can do it, but you just don't have to do it for your whole day. Like for me, if I wanted, I could just time block the first four hours of my day, that quiet time. And that's kind of how I encourage people to start is like pick a time of day that's easy for you to time block. Start with the easy and see Mm -hmm. how it works for a week or two. And then maybe add in another section of day. So if you have little kids, maybe, you know, nap time, you're going to use the nap time and try to figure out what's two things I could do during nap time. Like write that in there and see if it works. So you don't have to jump all, you know, jump in all the way and you can use this tool when you need it. You don't have to do it every week. If you're having a rough week and you need to refocus, I tell people, try it, try to time block your week. If you have a big project or a deadline, try it because it works. It works. That's how I got my products made. I scheduled one hour a day to work on my products and I got them done in one week. It was taking me months to even get an idea on paper. Right. So yeah, no, it really helps. That's really amazing. And I think there's something I, I, I use a lot of to-do lists and I'm pretty good with them. Well, my business manager, Heather, would say that I'm not as good at them as I could be, but I have, I have to-do lists. And But the difference is you're actually putting times to these things, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do because I like to make sure I leave like white space, blank space, because often, you know, we'll say, oh, I'm going to go from this to, I'm going to, from one to two, I'm going to work this afternoon. I'm going to work on photography. Well, if you say that there's no beginning, there's no end, there's no deadline, there's no urgency. Mm -hmm. So I put times on it for a few reasons. One is having urgency. So you in a stopping time. So the urgency helps you to stay focused and the Mm -hmm. the timeline, like the, the ending time helps you to finish and stop and walk away. Even if you're not done, like you just put it away and add another block later in the week or later in the day to finish it. Because oh. we often will just keep going and going and going, and we're not actually being productive. We're just going in circles. So mm-hmm. I find it's very helpful for me to, to have structure. And again, this this works very well for people who do like rules and do like structure. The right. free-spirited planner is not going to necessarily love time blocking that much. Right, right. 
So, okay, there's time blocking and then you also like do things in batches. Is that like within the time blocks or is that a separate also? Well, yeah. So, so for example, when I'm blocking my time, because my jobs were so, well, they weren't totally different, but they're different tasks for each job. Every Tuesday for a long time, probably for two years, I did graphic design that that was my graphic design day. Mm -hmm. And so I would take the graphic design day and that would be the bat. I would batch all my graphic design in the morning until I think it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I would block that time off for specific clients. So at that point in my life, I was doing uh, some VA work. So I was making social media graphics for one client. And then I was making web design, you know, graphics for a web design client. And then I was doing my blog graphics. So I would, again, I would, batch all of the tasks which are which is graphics i would batch it and then i would time block it for a certain certain day of the week to kind of focus on it so it just helps to like again like errands instead of writing on tuesday i'm going to go to target on wednesday i'm going to go to the library on thursday i'm going to go here try to do them all on one day in one chunk of time like that's that's a basic batching everyone can understand that like that's Mm -hmm. simple but for like me i'm trying to bring it back to meal planning yeah if i am making lasagna i never make one you know, you don't make one lasagna, you make two or three because it's time consuming and you can freeze them. So like, that's a good example of batching. If I'm baking muffins, I'll bake two or three batches and freeze them. Like that's batching, you know, you're making Mm -hmm. multiple literal batches of something, you know, as I prepare kids lunch snacks, you know, or put them in baggies, I try to do a lot of them, you know, instead of just doing it for the one day, I'll do it for the whole week. When my kids were young, I used to do that. I used to make little baggies with everything, you know, baggies of chips and baggies of goldfish. I would just do it for the whole week and have it done. Nice. That's one example. Yeah, I, I love these ideas, Donna. Thank you so much. Can you, <laughs> you are welcome. Can you tell everyone where they can continue this conversation with you if they want to find you online or social media or ask questions? Where is the best place yeah. for them to go? Absolutely. Well, you said before my blog is heydonna.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram. And if you just look up heydonna, it's instagram.com backslash heydonna. Facebook is dead to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I no longer, I no longer really do anything there. So I'd say Instagram and my blog are probably the two best places to find me. And thank you so much for having me on here. It was a lot of fun talking. We probably could have talked all day. Oh, I know. I love this topic so much. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. Have a great day. Yes, you too. Thanks. I told you, Donna knows things, right? I love the idea of monthly meal planning. I'm going to give it a try at some point soon. And when I do, I'm going to fill you in about it. So now let's turn to our weekly meal plan. So every week at the end of this show, I run through a five-day meal plan. It's just dinners. And I choose the recipes to kind of work together, use some of the same ingredients so that your grocery list is shorter and you don't have as much waste and trying to like give variety and have like different kinds of things at the same time as using the same ingredients. So I'm doing all that work for you so that it's just easier for you. Then I also put together a grocery list from the meal plan and the grocery list has a top section that's like pantry staples and things you probably already have. This is things like flour, salt, sugar, butter, seasonings, anything like that goes at the top. 
And then anything that you're going to need to buy fresh or that's kind of unusual goes in the bottom in a section that says things you may need to get. And the idea is that you can read through that staple list at the top and anything you don't have, you can add to the bottom list and then you head to the grocery store and you've got everything you need for five meals. So you can get the meal plans at cookthestory.com slash meal plans. This is meal plan number 44, but you'll see them all there. Okay, let's dive in. So this meal plan is starting with a soup for day one. I love starting the week with a soup. It's comforting, it's easy, and if you have leftovers, they make really good lunches, whether that's sending off to school in thermoses or just microwaving for myself when I'm at home soup is always a great thing to have. So this one is one of my 15 minute soups and the 15 minute soups are ready from start to finish in 15 minutes. They use some techniques like warming up stock in the microwave and different things that using small pasta shapes, cutting meat up smaller, things like that to get them ready faster. But really start to finish from the first thing that you start chopping to serving the soup 15 minutes. And this week's soup is a bacon cheeseburger soup so it's got ground beef and bacon it's got tomatoes in there it's tomato base a little bit of pasta there's actually ketchup and mustard in there it doesn't taste like ketchup and mustard like you would never know that's what's in there but totally tastes like you're eating a cheeseburger at the same time so maybe it does taste like ketchup and mustard i don't know and you're gonna serve that with some toasted hamburger buns so kind of like having burgers but it's soup Then on day two, you're doing shrimp and asparagus recipe that I love. It's the shrimp and asparagus are both cooked on the same pan and the shrimp are cooked from frozen and just the frozen shrimp and the asparagus are done in the same amount of time. It's pretty brilliant. I am suggesting that you might want to do them on separate pans this time only because you need asparagus again two days later. So if you do a full pan of asparagus and only eat half of it, then you would have the other half for the other day. So that could be really helpful. And you're gonna also make some farro to have with that. I love farro, it's a great grain, it's hearty, it's tasty, and it's gonna be really nice with the shrimp and asparagus without really anything else. Make twice as much as you need of that because you're gonna have it later in the week. Then on the third day of this meal plan, we're doing that no boil pasta bake that I talked about earlier in the show. I'm not gonna bore you with more details about that, just it's yummy. And you're gonna have that with a salad of lettuce, tomato, and red onion. Then on day four, you are having loaded salmon bacon burgers. I love these salmon burgers. They use canned salmon, so you can just always have the cans in the pantry and just whip out these burgers when you need them. And then you're gonna have the loaded part. There's gonna be some bacon on there. We're doing, both for this and for that bacon cheeseburger soup, we're doing that pre-cooked bacon that you can get at the grocery store. So it just saves away so much time. And the salmon burgers are loaded with the bacon and then lettuce, tomato, red onion, and pickle. And you're gonna serve that with the asparagus. Hopefully you have some from the other day. If not, you can do some more up on this day. And then we're rounding off the week with you know, like a kind of takeout inspired meal for Friday if this day five lands on Friday for you. And you're gonna do some beef and broccoli. I'm gonna give a recipe for the Instant Pot for sure. Maybe also the air fryer. I can't remember which ones I all have on here. I just wrote down the one. Anyhow, I'll give you some alternatives there and you're gonna have that with special fried farro. So you're gonna use that leftover farro from the other day and you're gonna make something like special fried rice 
out of it and it's super tasty and yeah feel like you're having some Chinese takeout on Friday night even though it's actually farro and broccoli and you've made it yourself so I think that's gonna be a really great fun week of meals I hope you've had a great time listening to this show and to our back to school series I hope it's getting into your brain and helping you form those neural pathways and things that you need to get into the swing of things. I know it's getting me thinking, that's for sure. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Donna, for being a great guest and for inspiring us with the monthly meal plan idea. Thank you to Caroline Hall and her team at Wild Home Podcasting for producing this episode. And as always, thank you to Audio Snack for all of the great music. Have a wonderful week. (laughs) 